we gonna do this pod? Are we gonna do no, this we're not, pod? We're not gonna do this. Yes. All right. All right. So, so here's my <clears> thing. This is my question. Which and I have, it? I have an article to back it up because I don't like coming to the pod without uh, any information whatsoever. But literally, this could have been purely anecdotal because we are living through, and this is the thing. No one needs a link to an article to say that this is the hottest summer on record. Uh, I don't know, probably in the modern era. I think I think that's what they're saying. They're saying this is a record hot summer. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I you know anyone who's a climate denier will love to pull out the summer of 1913, which well, you know might have been you know, the, the good old dust bowl, right? And, uh, and and it was a particularly hot at that summer. With you know discounting the fact that unilaterally all scientists, anyone of note, uh, has come out to say that the Earth is warming as a whole. Exponentially, I don't want to. I don't want to over. I don't want to overplay it. But um, but from here on out, it will never get colder. It will always get warmer. So that that's what we're playing with. So it's not like a one off like summer by T twelve dust bowl. That was a one off. Then it got cooler. It's like this summer will be hot. Next summer will be hotter. Summer after that will continue, and, and, and we will just keep leapfrogging in this manner uh, because that that is what this is. That's what global warming. That's that's what it entails. Every so every summer will. In one way or in one fashion or another, get be hotter for longer. Um, so all that being said, I I keep it, it, it befuddles me because I know that certain cities within the desperate heat zone right now are hot cities. They're by hot, I'm using now the American vernacular of hey, it's hot. It's something you really want to go to, you know? Look look at this fancy thing. It's so hot right. It's now. where you want to be. Yeah, it's really hot. It's a place right now. to be. It's, it's a place, place to, to be. be. And and I know that like Phoenix, Arizona, those they're, they're like some of the fastest growing cities in America. And I was just sitting here today, being like, because it's what, cheap. <laughs> well, well, it's affordable. It's affordable, but it, but that's the thing. I was saying, at what point do you get to a place where you could say, all right, this place is now so hot it is uninhabitable? Uh, when the reservoirs dry up and they start siphoning off the the river water, and there's nothing left. <laughs> <laughs> when you the water that. is gone, the that's you, the thing that'll is you happen. Say, you say that, but it's you know when I typed that into Google because I was like, all right, has anyone written an article talking about this? And immediately you get faced. There, there's nothing that you're going to come across that is going to write is going to read. This city is too hot, or this area is now unlivable. It, it's almost as if there's just so much money in real estate between media and, and no, whoever, it's, or, it's, or it's, science. You can cope. We still have. We, I mean, we have technology and. You buy water from neighboring municipalities, and, and and we rebound. I mean, we're still lucky enough that that we still have rainfall, that we still have snow in some of these areas. And I don't know if anywhere in the U.S. is really getting glacial melt, but um, we, you know, we, we, it rebounds. It's just rebounding less and less and less. And eventually, when it is all gone, then it is too late. So I don't think we're at that point well, you, yet where they're say, uninhabitable. Well, here's the thing. You say rebound, but here's, you know, what really got me thinking about this is uh, to bring it locally. Uh, last week, the uh, the power went out in my in my town. And, uh, and it turns out that what happened was a tree fell on the power lines and that cut the power for a good portion of the town. And I was like, OK, it's 8 a.m. Uh, there is no air conditioning in this house. 
it's going to get hotter. Just just how Antoine likes it, apparently. Well, I, well, it, it doesn't bother me so much at 8 a.m. And it probably wouldn't have bothered me from 9 to 10, but I have a, <laughs> I have a kid in the house, too. So, you know, it, it, there's things that we as adults can, can shoulder that children and others may not be able to, like the elderly, for instance, right? So I, I, I immediately it jumped to my mind. I was like, I mean, yes, you could have a backup generator, sure, but that has a limited lifespan. Uh, so I was thinking, okay, do I hook up the backup generator, blah, blah, blah. Luckily, the power came on without within like an hour or two. Uh, so they so that was pretty cool that they were able to get out there. But then I started mm-hmm. thinking about an area where, all right, what if this had happened at three in the afternoon? And it's that's the thing I was going to in the article. Hold on. Let me just see. It, what was it at three in the afternoon? Um, do, 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 do. Extreme heat in the Sun Belt is not convincing Americans to up sticks. Census figures suggest that 12 of the fastest growing cities in America are in the region. I'm reading from The Economist right now because I just wanted to get to how... Yeah, but you're you're talking about still... Uh, well, yeah. Well, I just wanted to... Oh, here it is. Uh, on July 18th, Phoenix experienced its 19th straight day with temperatures of at least 43C, which is 110 degrees Fahrenheit, breaking an 18-day record set in 1974. Yeah, it's hot. And yeah, but I was just thinking, I was it like, went, if, it's a, if it gets to 110 degrees, you have no air conditioning. I mean, if, is that habitable? Like, are you if, actually living well, if in it, a habitable if it, zone? If it breaks there or if, well, you can live there, like you can live in that. But if, first of all, if you're not acclimated to that, you're probably going to get like, well, like heat stroke or something like you, you can't just like be living in uh, central air 24 seven and then go kind of tough it out in 100 to 110 degree weather when it's like midnight and and expect to survive it's not really going to work out too well for you but i would assume that either you are finding ways to keep cool and i don't have to know these ways luckily but i'm assuming there are ways maybe to keep cool that right your disposal if you're living in an area that's prone to getting that hot or you have your utilities. Now, if they are failing like they did you and they don't come back and it starts killing people, I th- I mean, I'm surprised you wouldn't say this. You're usually the one to point this out. It really depends on who it's probably killing, unfortunately. If it's underrepresented, underserved communities, are, are th- is that going to move the needle? I mean, you're the first one to usually point that stuff out. Well, yeah, that, that's the thing on a... I hear what you're saying you're talking about more on the larger uh, political framework of uh, of whether something is habitable. I, I guess what I'm trying to get at. I mean, you, that- you you brought up earlier this year when the local township cut down the trees during a heat wave to evict homeless people. That's correct. Yeah, that's right. And what out? What happened there? Nothing. Yeah. Well. Nothing. well so what's I mean, going to happen when a major utility company fails for a couple? days and then like i don't know but or- that affects i guess what i'm trying to get at is that that affects everybody that could happen i guess what i'm trying to say is that could happen to anybody I, you're right with a localized concerted effort to remove the homeless population by removing shade okay as heartless and cruel as that sounds on paper or actually no as that sounds on podcast <laughs> apparently it's not that cruel on paper because someone greenlit that and said we could do that but i i hear what you're saying in terms of that but i i guess what what I'm trying, I'm just trying to get at that that larger, the larger demographic. It hasn't happened yet. Right? No one does it proactively. The your the answer to your question is, it hasn't happened yet, and we don't do things proactively. What do we do proactively? 
No, nothing, nothing. I, I was just, I guess I was just trying to get at, you know, at what can you say? I hear what you're saying. You're right. We don't do it proactively. What I'm asking the listener out there, and, and, and I guess I'm throwing it into the ether. I'm throwing it to the, I'm saying that if, if it is 120 degrees outside and there is the, uh, the, the off chance that air conditioning can fail for even an hour or two, get in the pool. There is no, the pool is too hot. Are you, there are is you, no you, pool. <laughs> part, of me, part of me feels like, you know, you're, Jamie's put down the pee on your relative defense. He's, he's like, if, if they get Listen, too hot, just pee on them. <laughs> They'll be all right. Never mind your dehydration or anything. You like weren't that. there. You yeah. weren't there. Just pee on your relatives and they'll, they'll, they'll be, everyone will be all right. You just keep cool that way. I, you know, I, I feel like it's a, it's a real question that people should be asking themselves is that if you're living in a place where if the air conditioning were to fail for an hour and you, and you had a toddler and you had a baby, what is the likelihood that they could survive? And I guess yeah, that's what, where I would yeah, write. Yeah, is sure. Habitable. And, and your name in Phoenix, I don't know, Arizona. I've seen your debates. Like, what are you guys doing over there? It's a good question. It's a good I question. mean, I, I can, you know, we can't help people that don't want to help themselves in that sense where they are actively anti-science, actively promoting bogus stuff. I mean, ask them if they believe in climate change. Why did, Why is it so hot there for 18 days in a row, whatever you just said? Why is that? Ask them. Yeah, I mean. But I feel like they're two different things. If that's the thing, I feel like this is a different conversation that can be had. And I guess that's why I'm surprised that more outlets aren't writing it this way. And having this conversation with you, I'm I'm realizing how difficult uh, a, a message this is to convey. I, I think there's a difference between saying, do you believe in climate change? Do you think the earth is getting warmer? And simply the place you live, if modern amenities were to fail, for any given, and this is a relatively short period of time, is this is your city, is your house, is this actually habitable? And if the answer is no, I think that that's just a separate conversation to be had. I, I guess that's it's interesting that's because thing we ha- I'm, I'm we had COVID, about. we had COVID, and millions of people died, and even more were impacted. And people only think it's a hoax. They think they think the virus was a hoax. I don't know anymore. I still feel like that's. I still think it's different. I think it's different because it's there different. is the, the there's the likelihood of whether you could get COVID or you can't, and there was the severity of COVID, COVID, which is what people were also debating. That this is what I'm getting at. Yeah, but not everyone ha- is impact. Yeah, but not every, so. I don't know what you're talking about in terms of people taking action on a federal level, on a state level, on a mean on a township level. Yeah, because what? because no, because it is like COVID in the sense that it's just Phoenix, and the rest of the country doesn't feel it. Well, I guess what I'm trying to say is why in the Economist article, which is I mean, it's literally titled Americans are moving to places besieged by extreme heat. That's the question I'm asking. How is Phoenix? Why Arizona? are they doing that? Well, I think we said it before because it's affordable. But it's crazy, though, that that's crazy to move to a place because really? people are still living with their parents into their 40s. Is it crazy to, 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 to move to your death? I, I would assume so. No, but they don't think that way because it hasn't happened yet. Now, if but when all it of a does sudden, happen, I guess will you? I guess, guess they'll stop. I guess they'll stop moving there. Well, no. I, when I, you're I, like Phoenix, <laughs> it's great when the power's on. Well, look, Texas had that big shortage of their grid, uh, where they could no one was. Oh, you just go heat. to Cancun; it's not a big deal. <laughs> you could just go south. I, I, I guess I'm wondering. I'm, I'm, yeah, you're right. I'm trying to partic- I'm trying to create a thought level exercise here to just question if it were to get that hot and they were to have a, a failure of their grid where you were without power for three days 
and the number of people who die, I just wonder, do you think there would be a mass exodus? Do you think people who you recently to, bought their homes would say, people, this isn't yeah, worth it? I got to I mean, I think it's probably a mixture of people just not being aware of those types of things, right? You have people buying houses. They do or do not care about the school system. They do or do not care whether or not it's prone to natural disaster, or they don't even know. It's not even do do not care. They, are they even aware of these things? Do they even know to consider these things? Or what is their driving motivation? I just want a house. I looked, and this is the place where I can afford an, oh, I don't know, maybe it's the only place they can find work. Maybe there's a job that lured them there. I Maybe, maybe because of this condition, this situation there, that the state is able to incentivize businesses and then businesses incentivize people to work. They're like, I don't know what the draw is there. Yeah. And you have stuff like in, I don't know, California or whatever, where there's wildfires, mudslides, droughts, decade long drought or whatever, like stuff that happens and people still go. They either don't think it's going to happen to them. People have doubled down. We've covered it. We've covered the people who have decided, you know, they, they, they sit and they defend their homes from the fires every year. And they say, we're not moving and this is our home. And it's been an X generation farm or, or something of that nature. And they refuse to give it up. You're right. We, 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 we have definitely seen that, that, that people compartmentalize, they compartmentalize and they say, it's not me or I'll deal with it when it comes. This is all I can afford. Or, and honestly, this is a big, or they aren't aware. It is not on their radar. Even if they hear it, it is not sinking in because you have, the thing is natural disasters happen everywhere. You have like tornado alley. What's more terrifying than a tornado and people still live there. Yeah. Somehow this country allows people to live where tornadoes shred through stuff. I feel like that's a different conversation. I mean, you're you're definitely going to get the pushback if you start trying to legislate federally where people can and can't live. I mean, that's usually where they, you know, that that's where the rhetoric, that's where the fire starts to build. That's where people start getting very ornery. And well, you're not off. off. Yeah, but I, I I mean, listen, I, I think that's a fair point to make. But you're also in my vision. You're not, you know, you'd offer them something that's 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 good in return not like get off here and here's 500 bucks go figure it out right like it would have to be like a legitimate relocation where it's actually worth them moving and you could say like yeah i you know do you think people would take that though i don't know but i mean we don't even talk about it so what does it matter Um, it's interesting why don't we talk about that really we don't really you're absolutely right we don't because because i don't know those are red states and they you don't you you have to convince them to take that money in a way like actually you don't have to convince them to take the money but they're not asking for it right didn't you mention something about like uh down by the where you used to live down by the shore in jersey that the uh wasn't there some money offered to people who lived on like you know their their stilt houses in the water or something like that no no they got they got they keep getting demolished during storms and sandy wiped a bunch out and they got federal and state aid and but they're on barrier islands like it doesn't make any sense like it's the same kind of situation where it shouldn't be zoned for residential areas and if it is yeah then you, that should be on them like that shouldn't be on the rest of us to do especially when they're voting against putting in dune systems because it obstructs their view mm. of the ocean it's just like an absurd situation when it comes to that kind of stuff mm-hmm. like i'm sorry if you had um if you had any area that was prone to anything what happening all the time I don't know. Either we shore up our defenses, we figure out what the root cause is and stop doing that, or we say, hey, 
maybe this should be a preserve. Maybe this shouldn't be for us. And we're going to set you up someplace nice. Well, I mean, I think Miami is the poster child at this moment for shoring up your defenses. I think that's that's the route they've gone, which is natural. You know, they want to protect the city. I know New York is looking at some plans that, of course, are hotly contested because it's going to make uh, a lot of the Manhattan, Brooklyn shoreline uh, basically look like trash because it's basically going to, they're basically going to Berlin wall it uh, for lack of better visual terminology. If or like a seawall. Well, yes. Yeah. Yeah. But it's uh, because yeah. it's on the route of where pedestrians would walk or bikers would bike. Uh, you know, it's going to, well, like, why can't it be like a wall that you walk on top of like an that's old good. school that's European a, that's a cool, city. That's a cool question. Yeah. Like a European. Yeah, you're right. I mean, um, that I, without getting too much into the plans, uh, that's not what the army Corps has, uh, has has uh, oh, served up. Shame. They've just served up a wall, not a walkable wall. But you're right. I like a great wall of China, so that you can walk yeah. along a little promenade, a little couple of vendor shops, a uh, couple of grassy knolls uh, that you put on top of the wall. I love it. That that sounds fantastic. The investment. I don't know. Everyone's probably like, well, what corporation's going to do this? And it's like, well, I guess if no one wants to buy into it because not profitable, I guess we just won't do it. Yeah. Welcome to America. Um, but anyway, without I I think that you've I think you've um. You've leveled a very good counter to my initial just knee jerk. Like, how could who who would do this? Why would you move to a place where you ultimately could die? If oh, by the way, I don't dis I don't disagree with you. I wouldn't move there. It, I should say, if I had a choice, I wouldn't move there. I imagine some of these people might not have choices. This might be where their work is and what they can afford. Right, and then I can't really say anything against that. Because you got to do what you got to do. I guess so, but I mean, it's it's so it's it's a weird mentality to lump in almost certain death with you got to do what you got to do. Well, that's that's to like for a lack of throw fascism for a well for a lack of society looking out for one another. Yeah, I mean, yeah, you're right. But like I said, the government, I, I I'll say the government should come in and I don't know quote unquote, do something about it. I don't know what yeah. that is. I'm not going to say zone off Phoenix as a non-residential area, but maybe figure out what to do. I'm not, I mean, my lack of being able to come up with a solution to that does not mean that there isn't one. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know the issues around Phoenix. Um, I, it could be, I mean, I, I honestly, this is probably, isn't it, but it, there's like development that can happen in surrounding areas is actually something I'm going to cover later. Okay. And, and, and it can, and it can impact downstream, upstream, wherever the wherever the impact is. But it's like surrounding development can impact other areas, and you're not even aware of it. Like I, I have no idea what's going on there. I know that it's probably a dry, arid place. Anyway, I've been there once. Oh, it's a uh, beautiful, be- beautiful place. Desert, surrounded by mountains. It's nice. Yeah. Um, but I was not there uh, in the summer, and um, yeah, I just I don't know if you could irrigate. <laughs> like I don't know what you can do. Channel water there. I, I don't know what's possible but there are places the fact of the matter is is that the climate is changing and with that landscapes will change it is going to be very emotional when things do reach a point that they are inhospitable to those of lesser means yeah those who can't have a natural gas generator hooked up to their home for 10 15k a pop um, and and run on it for days or indefinitely until the power comes back on. I don't know how that works, but um, yeah, like uh, that, it's going to be a very difficult thing to accept 
But I do think that that's probably where we're headed with some of these areas. You're going to have some of these ecosystems expand. And, and, and for us, an ecosystem does include a desert, and a desert will probably expand. And what do you do with that? The desert will prevail. The desert will prevail. All right. On that note, why don't we switch over to your thing? Because uh, that's a good segue over to uh, to your topic. All right. All right. So just like you may have gathered from Antoine's topic, for the next few weeks, we're going to focus on various aspects of climate change. So you're going to want to keep checking in because it's not just going to be about the greenhouse gas, uh, the greenhouse effect. Um, and to be honest, uh, contributing factors to climate change have been done to death. So I don't know about you, Antoine, but I'm not really trying to convince anyone that polluting uh, warms the planet. Instead, I'm going to assume that our audience accepts that as scientific oh. fact. Okay. All right. And I'm going to cover tech, people, wildlife, and natural disasters over the next couple of weeks. Okay. That's what I'm going to do. Uh, but we, as a pod, are going to cover climate change this on everyone's mind as it is so important, especially during these hotter months in this hemisphere. So this episode for me, I'm going to cover a little bit about energy technology and how some countries are redeveloping themselves. So when we think about how we're currently doing things, we know that basically every aspect of our lives is climate ignorant. We have gas stoves that even when they're off, they emit into our environment, methane and nitrogen oxide, two greenhouse gases. And that impacts our health and climate, methane being 25 times more potent than carbon dioxide. Nitrous oxide is 300 times more potent. We are so dependent on fossil fuels, and none of us need an education in that. We've all had it. And even recently, Greta Thunberg uh, was arrested for protesting by blocking traffic at a port in Sweden to continue raising awareness for anyone in the back of the room that hasn't heard it. So done to death. But what about our future? What are we going to do about it. So let's start with two world superpowers, the US and the UK. A few weeks ago, President Biden met with King Charles to discuss the challenges of our generation, climate change, and clean energy. How would why? you help? Why? Because it's, you know, why not? I mean, he's why? Not a, he's not an active king. He doesn't actually rule this country that country. What why are we meeting with him? Well, I assume to rally the support of the UK people. Because King Charles is apparently a wildlife uh, preservationist, I guess, maybe. And he, he, he supports the battle against climate change, battle that we are losing, by the way. Um, and Biden oh, maybe signed. That's why he asked for a raise. Maybe. Yeah. Anyway. All right, so on. Biden signed legislation last year that includes nearly $375 billion in climate related incentives. So I think, regardless of whether or not King Charles has the ability to do anything, to Antoine's point, we can say that they're not totally against the concept of the earth uh, warming. Um, And I also can't say whether or not they'll actually go against any corporate overlords they may have, but they acknowledge climate change is a thing, and that is a start. But I guess time will tell. But in the meantime, we can see what's being done at home and in Europe, in the U.S., a new supercomputer in Colorado is helping scientists determine whether injecting human-made sun-blocking aerosols into the stratosphere would alter thunderstorms and rainfall. We've covered this before, or at least something very similar, but from a military perspective, and how geoengineering can be weaponized. Yeah. But guys, yeah. I'm sure it's fine. I'm sure it's cool. 
sure we are. Sure, we are not going down that road in in Colorado. Okay. <clears throat> if you are wondering, um, this is funded by a federal government agency, the National Science Foundation, and the Biden administration did come out and say that they have measured support for solar engineering. So this is a sanctioned thing from our U.S. government. The U.K. has called for more research into the risks, but hasn't called for a ban while critics of geoengineering say that reflecting sunlight away from Earth could lead to unknown disruptive weather patterns and that solar engineering could result in a global dependency because temperatures could abruptly rise if the process is stopped. And that is terrifying leverage to have over someone now, isn't it? That you could go get to the point where you are, where you are managing the weather so that climate change is no longer impacting people. But the second you stop geoengineering, things will deteriorate immediately. Yeah, it's very dystopian. You're right. I mean, it, I guess it's only dystopian if the all civilizations crumble and uh, the world is owned by a maniacal uh, Dr. Evil-style dictator who has his thumb on the laser shield that protects the Earth, you know, whether it's on or off, that that I guess yes. But I mean, it the, the thing is, without it being targeted, that that's the question I would have. Without it being targeted, that I mean, that would be well, it's aerosol. It's aerosol in the clouds, so I assume yeah. that well, it is targeted. It's not yeah. you spray a little over Colorado and China's and, and and China and or all of Asia and Europe and North and South America and everywhere is protected. It's I assume it's it, it's it's um uh siloed in a sense it, it it's yeah, contained well, in a well, sense no i would because of the fact that you know certain weather patterns in china for instance can affect the west coast i mean i i just i would assume that they're, yeah but there you would you not would have models yes isolation. they are working on the models to do that but still yeah. it's not that it it doesn't have to be that you spray and then okay well that's gonna that's gonna scatter across the globe and have global impacts like they're they are they they're modeling it and they'll understand when they do something how it'll impact, and I'm sure they're going to judge yeah, just like they track hurricanes where everything's going and yeah, what's yeah. going to happen a couple moves from now. I have no doubt, and that's part of the weaponization that we talked about last time that they could they could target their efforts and tweak things in a way. I don't know to what degree if it could be like at a township level. I seriously doubt it, but over a certain region of a certain size, I'm sure that they could target something i just think that if you're going to do it to the level where it would affect the entire region it it would have some global impact i i, I that that's that's all i'm i'm literally this is my hypothesis well like it. a yeah. like a food chain value chain yeah, type yeah, thing where basically you know, a butterfly effect i mean i just i just can't imagine how you could lower temperatures over the southern united states and not have that actually lower temperatures in some other part of the world or low, i mean it's going to lower overall temperature because it's a it's, it's i mean you know it's one planet so, yeah, I mean, yeah, I don't also, I don't know because it, it's it's weather it's at that to what point. degree, but. but it's weather. It's not it's not long term climate. I, I you know, if you're if you have a stable climate, if you've stabilized the climate and now all of a sudden you're. I don't know, having ha having the uh, the aerosols over the northeast. Yeah. Well, all of a sudden they get a nor'easter or maybe three that year. That's yeah. not going to affect anything else. You know what I mean? Okay. Like, could you do things like that? Yeah. I, mean, um, I, I just don't know enough in this segment to even begin to 
debate it. So, so let's just take it as is. It's just, it, it, I can't right. imagine an extreme weather and event short of a super volcano erupting in any one place in the planet disrupting the entire planet, and especially in terms of temperature. That seems yeah, yeah. like that seems like a big ask. But anyway, okay. so um, so staying in the U.S. for a moment. Um, I want to move away from Colorado because that's that's that. And I want to move on over to Florida. Like Colorado, they're taking on climate change. But are they using supercomputers? No. Are they even trying to stop climate change? I honestly have no idea. But in the face of all logic, Florida is burning trash. Lots of trash every Not day. Surprised. Not surprised. But is burning thousands of tons of rotten food. Takeout containers, diapers, old shoes, construction debris, tires, plastic bags, dirty carpets. They're burning it all. Now, I do want to give Florida a fair shake. The trash they're burning is in an incinerator, and it's producing enough electricity to power 4,500 homes and businesses. Sure. That's it. It's also, yeah, but it's not a lot. Who am I to say? Who am I to judge well, how they come up with their electricity? But what I will say, I wish, I wish, I wish you did. You did have a counter to say how much if if you had just invested in a couple of uh, wind turbines, how much does that? Like, how much could that actually power? You know what I'm saying? Like, I feel like that a comparison is needed here. Forty five hundred homes burning trash. Forty five thousand. Forty five thousand. Oh, forty. Okay, forty five thousand. Okay, sorry. Forty five thousand homes. Okay, all right. It, it's still doesn't seem right but sure sure let's let it go let's i'll let it go I'll, all right I'll so they're burning the trash yeah right yeah thousands of tons of trash they're burning it powering forty-five thousand homes they have some sort of carbon capture with the uh no no in fact not even wow oh no, they're burning all this trash and yeah. it's pumping out an enormous amount of greenhouse gases and yeah. unhealthy pollutants yeah which are located right next to black communities that have complained of stinging eyes, burning lungs, noxious fumes. And as we know from our one of our previous episodes about deadly carcinogen exposure, they are definitely going to develop diseases. Um, yes, but here's, yes, here's the kicker. Here's the kicker. <clears throat> here's the kicker. Not, like, that's terrible. And we've covered that. So that's the only reason why I'm moving on from that is because we've covered that pretty okay. thoroughly in a past episode. But... Because there's always more garbage, right? We produce yeah. garbage and they keep burning it. Our government agencies actually consider this renewable energy and Florida gets credit for it. And this allows them to sell renewable energy certificates called RECs. Then companies and even our government buy these RECs. And with that, they take credit for green power. And on paper, they can lower their emissions by offsetting their fossil fuel-powered operations without actually using less fossil fuels. Okay. Get it? Well, yeah. I mean, I know it sounds shocking. It sounds appalling. And and it should be. Um, again, you know, this, this is down to messaging, probably one. I talk about good legislation versus bad legislation all the time and how guilty our government in particular is of creating bad legislation and allowing and all, all the basically from the local <clears throat> townships straight up to the federal uh and then how that gets usually um abused by corporations in order to you know facilitate you know something some add to their to their means but 
in this scenario, this is greed energy does not is not the same as clean energy. And I think that that's the distinction that maybe most people don't make, but is a distinction that you need to make because that, that's really what's happening here. Is it renewable energy? Yes, it actually it is. It just but just because it's renewable doesn't mean it's clean. There and that's really where you need to that's the conversation that needs to be had. If they're only if they're giving incentives for green energy without caring about clean energy, then you need to go back to the rolls, see who voted for these let these pieces these items and see who they're backed by. Because that is something if you were a dirty fossil fuel or you yeah, if you're a dirty industry, you definitely would want to be welcome under green energy because you know that clean energy is not your bag. So, you know, that it's that it's the marketing, it's the messaging, it's the uh, ignorance of the average voter and this is not a you know, I'm not calling voters stupid or anything. I'm saying that everybody it's it's you're you're being manipulated into believing that green energy is clean energy and it's a concerted effort. So, I will know. say that you can buy these RECs from other sources. And I think to your point, but also to be fair to the voters, that's what this mostly was about. You would buy RECs from wind turbine energy. You would buy mm-hmm. it from, you know, the the one with water, I, the, like Hydro. hydroelectric dams yeah, and stuff yeah, like that, right? Like yeah. you, you would buy it from all these other things, but from Florida, it's trash incinerators. Right. And while Florida founder was given a loophole in our RECs, because it's kind of what this is, it's not that common that you would say like, oh, well, this is like par for the course. Like, not really. There's only like a handful well, of places the that are doing this. This seems like a it seems like an intentional loophole. How do you craft legislation without? No, that's why I said either they found it or they were it was given to them. Yeah, like it. Yeah. it I mean, whether it's a loophole that you sought out or is a backdoor that was created for you, I you know, I don't know, and maybe yeah. we will never know. Yeah, fine. But but the idea that you would call burning trash renewable, yes, in a way we are producing trash. Is it really renewable? Maybe not, because not, you know, hypothetically you could make trash that you don't need to burn. Um, but the the toxicity of the smoke. And the fumes, like it, it's like, if if anything, it is flying in the spirit of what was supposed to be done there, like what renewable is supposed to stand for. Yeah, but, but but the the law doesn't work in the spirit. You know that that that's the thing. It's I get it for a regular person. You're like, oh, honest mistake. But you have to say that whoever crafted the laws was well did their research, consulted scientists, consulted uh, industry people in the space. For everyone not to be aware of classifying renewable energy at, without the mandate of having it meet a certain like you know how how do they define pollution? It's like like parts per carbon or whatever the 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 emission uh, output for the whatever project is being greenlit to 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 actively not put a cap on it or not introduce or talk about it at all. Because everyone was kumbaya holding hands around wind power and hydro is just that's just that's fanciful. There's no way I would I refuse to believe that if you're operating in a space, you're fully ignorant of all the various ways in which power can be like conducted or, or created. And, and, and it if- just slipped your mind that you can burn 
as, as basically an infinite source of but that could have been that could have been introduced later like just the, the beginning of renewable energy i don't think had this in mind i think it was probably corrupted and it didn't need to be done in any crazy way it was like you said whoever had power of the the congress probably passed it and it was done and if they had a president that signed it and i don't know who did that um it's not entirely easy for me to find out but what's interesting here is that is the REC part and how that works where you can, and again, I knew this, and I don't, but I don't know if the listeners did, so I think it's important to flag up, yeah. that you can offset yourself by buying someone else's credit and kind of never actually minimizing what you're doing. And it really isn't changing anything. Like it, it's, you're still pumping out the same amount. Yeah. And, and the renewable part, like you said, isn't clean. So it's, they're still doing a ton of damage by burning this source. It, it, the whole thing like falls apart. I, the idea of RECs really only work if what's generating it is something like wind turbine and it's not polluting. And even then, it's questionable. And I think John Oliver did a really good, um, really good segment. Uh, I think it was him um, on, on, on this type of stuff on offsets and things like that. So something to go check out. But What's kind of a gut punch here is that you think about corporations, but I did mention the government and RECs account for over 50%, over 50% of all renewable energy the government claimed from 2010 to 2021. Numerous federal agencies bought RECs from sites that burn various industrial waste. They qualify to sell RECs in Georgia and Louisiana. So they were doing like the, like like one was a paper factory they're burning all the waste there it, it's just like one was like a wood burning thing like it's just like all of this stuff that they're doing but it's renewable because they keep producing it so you're thinking about people trash but it's not it could be like factory trash and you're always producing trash yeah. you burn it yeah, it's renewable it's, yeah. and it's a joke like well, how it's long not, has this been going on i don't know 20 i think bush may have been one of the people to first enacted for the government. I don't think he created this, but I, I would have to do a little extra reading on that. But when we're talking about that over 50% thing, that was 2010 and what Obama got elected in 2008, I think. So it was on, it was on everyone's watch. Um, yeah. Right. And, and the reason, but the reason why they're doing this, like you're like, all right, yeah. well, like, why are they doing this? It's be, it's the only way that government can reach its own mandate, its own renewable mandate. It's set for itself. Now, to be fair to the Biden administration, he wants to make it 100% clean by 2030. Okay. But he's also not going to be around in 2030. Nope. No. And we don't even know if he's going to be reelected to even like get us closer. Right. So I have issues with the REC stuff. And I totally understand and respect, and I'm not even going to dispute your, your differentiation between green and clean energy and renewable energy and clean energy, but the burning of toxic materials and then selling those as carbon credits is disgusting. I, I have a huge problem with that. That's not right. That is, yeah, anyway, that's me. Yeah, I, 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 yeah. I, mean, I, I think most people would I live on this planet. It. I live on this planet. That's horrible. Never mind yeah, what you're doing to the, for the people, people that live right to next yeah. to the factories. Yeah, I mean, it's atrocious. It's just, and it goes back into what we were talking about with you. That shouldn't be zoned for living. That is absurd. You shouldn't be doing it in the first place. And you certainly shouldn't be zoned for living. 
So anyway, that's that. Uh, I'm not quite going to let go of Florida yet. Okay. Um, because you had mentioned something, and it's funny. This is kind of where it ties into. Um, as sea levels rise, the flatlands in South Florida are now routinely flooding their communities, and that saltwater inundation is damaging estuaries that would have protected them from what climate change is about to throw at them. Well, there's plenty of good stuff happening in Florida. You alluded to that. Um, but those entities uh, are not offsetting what is being done by by some people in government. I just don't understand. Is it stupidity? Is it greed? It's probably greed. But an example, yeah, in, 20, in 2022, Miami approved the expansion of a 400-acre warehouse project. 400 acres is a lot of land, people. It's a lot of land. 400-acre warehouse project to pave over critical land that acts as a buffer against flooding and erosion. Okay? So just kind of getting back to what that even means. What are you talking about? Wetlands, coastal plains, sand dunes, forests, and other permeable surfaces. Permeable, meaning it rains and the water seeps in. Holes, people. Holes in the ground. <laughs> they are natural, cheap, and very effective ways in fact, that's how nature organized itself. That's how the ecosystem developed. It worked itself out. And the way that it, the way the cards fell is what we live in today. And we are actively disrupting that. They work so well, those natural things, that they are on par or better than the engineered levees, seawalls, and pumps that we do for billions and billions of dollars. So Florida, at the worst possible time, is just paving over all of that land. I just don't understand what they're doing to themselves. And it's going to be a tragedy. I don't know, a generation or two from now. I guess that's what that's the issue, right? No one, no one cares about what happens in the future. It's about how much you can get right now. I mean, that, that's, that's the money makers. Those are the people who are making the decision. And a lot of the people are, you know, in their, you know, they're, they're past midlife. So, uh, <laughs> you know, 20 years dead in the ground. They say, you know, the money, money. The money I will send to my relatives will be more than enough for them to uh, to figure out uh, how to get out of this 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 hellhole uh, this this hellscape that I've helped create. Right? Uh, that like land that. floods ain't going to stay in the ground too long. Did you ever no, see? What was it? Poltergeist? Was it Poltergeist? Yeah, Poltergeist. It, yeah, yeah. When it the flooded energy. and all the all the bodies started popping up out of the graveyard, isn't that not that happen? Okay. Okay. Oh, isn't it the pool? Maybe. Oh, they had a pool. They put a pool over. I don't know. They like developed land over a graveyard. Well, I they think. yeah. Well, it's a yes. It was it was during it over indigenous graveyard. But I mean, the the the, the ground opens up because the portal to the yeah. I, I'm fu I'm fuzzy on the details, Antoine. Yeah, yeah. You're a little yeah. fuzzy. You're a little yeah. fuzzy. Uh, anyway, anyway, let's let's escape this country for a minute. Um, and take a little travel to a wonderful land named uh named Denmark, where they're developing energy islands which are hubs for transmitting wind-generated electricity and producing green hydrogen. The project will cost 28 billion euros for two islands. One, I think, is, uh, is going to be man-made, and one is on an existing island where there's like 40,000 people currently live. This is a new concept for Denmark. They were the first country in the world to construct offshore wind farms back in 1991. What were we doing in 1991? I don't think it was anything like this. And the people there welcome it as it is seen as a matter of national security and natural responsibility. So it's just okay. like a completely different mindset. They are the 40,000 people on that island where they're just going to make all these wind farms are like, yeah, do it. 
do it. I'm sure they're being compensated. I'm sure it's not being. Well, you should have looked that up, right? If you, if you it is. It, they are. It's something. That, yeah, well, I so didn't look right. at all. It's, the, it's a do you want me to do a three-hour pod on this? I can. Well, yeah. well just 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 a minute, just a you know. I should have. <laughs> I wish. I just feel like it helps the listener. Like, look, are 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 they? They like it. Who cares? They're happy. They're happy, and they're doing what's right. Well, I'd be happy too if I'm getting paid for it. Yeah, but what does it? What does that matter? Yeah, you want to make sure that your population is taken care of, and the fact that they're even open to it. I have a hard time believing if you went to pay people that they would even be open to this. That's fair. That's fair. Hey, look, the dates are again. We you know the the issue, the problem when we exalt Scandinavia, and especially that you know the left is always guilty of doing this, is that we cannot overemphasize that it's not that dissimilar to what various ethnic groups do in America for their own for their own ethnicity. I mean, if your country is 90% one culture, uh, you know, if you were to break out America, 90% one culture, let's say we called Texas white Texans 90% one culture, a lot of the legislation that they're enacting benefits that one culture, right? Uh, so it's not that dissimilar. It's it's you think you it think breaks that's how down. it would work. You think that's what it is, though. I mean, I'm not, I don't doubt it's that it that part. it doesn't. It is not mi- missing or lacking some complexity, some relationship dynamics. But the it's kind of like you're saying. It's kind of right? like you're saying that like if it was all one race, no one would fight. Or no nope, one would it can't argue. Can't be one race. It's I'm saying it's one culture. So like, if the Swedes owned half of Denmark, they would not be do not so happy to have this offloaded to Sweden. It's I'm saying it's because of the date the Danes who live in Denmark are Danes for thousands of years historically culturally, and that that unites them a little bit more than that's, it would say. Uh, yeah, it's a hard. The French invaded. I don't think they would be as kind to do it either. You know, I'm just saying it's it's so race is race is one thing, but culture is is another. Yeah, I, and I would imagine education has something to do with it, and maybe just the I population put, size. Yeah, the thing is, I wouldn't put that. I wouldn't do so much into that. I mean, I think that um, that's yeah. I don't. I don't think we know that for a fact, and we don't know that. Yeah, I mean, yes, uh, Scandinavian countries are, are very well educated. There's no doubt about that. But we can't. I, I wouldn't. We can't. It's not like the best behaved people in America are the most educated. That's completely false. We have bad, you know, bad actors out there with Ivy league degrees up and down the country for one reason or another. So, you know, just to, just to export it off to education is not, but you can say, yeah, you could say it's a, it's a factor among other things, but I would, I would think if you know how dire a situation is, I, I'm just saying I, I think that argue. that helps. I think it, I, I get what you're sure, saying and I don't sure. I don't deny it. I think that that element. makes things easier if everyone is just on the same page culturally and everything. In this scenario, it would I make would call things, it a 60 almost, 40. How about that? In this in this scenario it would make this particular thing get done easier. It's almost like what you've said before that dictatorship is the most efficient form of government. Doesn't mean it's the best, doesn't mean that the people are going to be the happiest, but you get things done quickly and maybe it, this this configuration would get this done faster than others, maybe. Yeah. I'm but just saying, I, if you I, look hard to you, say. If you look at Europe, and especially where Europe is struggling today, it's in a lot of legislation around immigration, for instance. That that's where they're far more divided uh, and less um, uh, charitable. Uh, so you know, an element when when think when immigration is not involved, and it's just things like what you're describing right now. 
um yeah they're they're very much uh, a progressive forward uh element uh to their governing so um i'm gonna say take that as you will take that as you will yeah but even if you're gonna talk about i don't know though because like all right what about the barrier islands i mean they didn't even want to put a dune system up that would have saved everyone inland and that area of ocean county is i mean culturally it's somewhat similar right i yeah, mean yeah. it's like i don't know how divided it could be yeah, yeah. um the demographics are pretty much mm-hmm. set i mean mm-hmm. i don't know if that's too much of a microcosm where it kind of falls apart there it's only on the macro that 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 your that your theory is working out uh, and i could and i could yield to that but i don't i mean i, I that's the thing i don't want to say it isn't i think it probably is co- complicated it's i think it probably is a few things it's, it's, it's and, I pro- and it probably there is a culture like you know i think you've said it before and i think every american probably knows it you know we have this innate conditioned distrust of government for one way or another from all communities probably um and so maybe they're not as much like that i don't know i don't know a lot about how they view government in its role i know that when we talked about things like social security and universal health care you know when you think when you say things like welfare state they look at that as a positive thing from the readings right that i know of Uh, and and the way that we view it is like a leech on the system and they're very much like no it's not that yeah because they use it as an because they believe it it to be an engine of capitalism i mean that that, that's the other misnomer about sweet the um about the uh i don't want to call them uh you know the, 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 the northern bloc scandinavia norway scandinavia that's a better one the, uh, the nordics that, well, I don't want to use that term because I think it can be derogatory. So that's what I was trying to. Oh, is it? Oh, okay. To it, but uh, either either way. Oh, tried is that not is that is that not good? Is that not a I good term? I don't I've know. We're not, we, we're not from there. I just I just I've I've heard that it's it's not the greatest term. But okay. But all that being aside, the the main thing is that they are incredibly capitalistic, and they themselves view themselves as capitalists. They do not view themselves as socialists. We ping them as socialists because to us, their brand of capitalism is what we've been is our boogeyman it's what we've been told to fear it's an age of socialism for them if you were to talk to a scandinavian they will say we are incredibly capitalistic you cannot earn money without having a certain level of standard of living for your culture like for the entire population that is your best bet in order to earn as much as you possibly can they take gripe with how much they are taxed as a trade-off to that freedom but for them Having the welfare state is an ultimate freedom. It's a it's a it's a modality towards freedom. They're as freedom mo- motivated as we are. Uh, they that that's really what they want. Most most Scandinavians they just want to be free. They want um, as much freedom as possible. Freedom from the government. Freedom to choose and pursue whatever they want out of their life. They believe their social state grants them that freedom, which is why they fight in, uh, so uh, so tooth and nail to protect it. Um, but I think you're just kind of proving out my point is that th- yeah they're not dissimilar. They just view no. it differently. They, exactly. they they welcome it. And that's kind of my whole thing. And that's an interesting reason of, well, how do they get to that stage? And you're saying that it's just like unified culture. Yes. That's it's interesting. Yeah. Um, anyway. Anyway, moving on from Denmark into Norway, since we're talking about it, okay. um, they have the world's first zero emission construction site that's been used to convert a busy street into a pedestrian zone. The equipment being used to break up and lift slabs of asphalt were so quiet that nearby cafes and restaurants kept their front doors open. And this is just one out of many 
projects spanning every government department over the past six years that Norway has undertaken to reduce greenhouse emissions. The country is aiming for Oslo to reduce its emissions by 95% from its 2009 levels by 2030, which is pretty awesome. Oslo's approach is heavy on incentives. I'm curious what you think about some of these. Um, and they include ch uh, charging non-electric ve vehicles more for parking and tolls. And zero emission machinery will be mandatory for city contracts. And after several years of using grants to encourage people to replace their oil furnaces, the city banned them in 2020. Um, it's important to know that the people, like I said, have wanted this. They embraced it. They did not fight it. And the Green Party uh, has nearly doubled its representation on the city council. So while Oslo might be an outlier, several cities around the world are joining the climate budgeting pledge from nearly every continent, even Los Angeles, although who knows how they're counting it, given the RECs that we just talked about. But Montreal, for instance, is currently planning to be carbon neutral by 2050. I mean, look, so, it sounds like it wasn't just punitive. OK, that that's that's the difference. Uh, so what you said, what I think about the incentive incentivization, the, the issue with America, especially when we enact our legislation, is that if we ever do go punitive, a it's usually um, not equal. Uh, there There is someone who shares more of that burden than than others based on where they are social economically. Uh, as far as their voting voting block and how much money they're they're able to contribute to those politicians, so that imbalance already puts a bad taste in most people's mouths because that could be used in partisan politics for one side or the other. Okay, uh, without the support again because it's not done equ equitably, the 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 people who have to share more of the burden are often left in the dark because they're not being supported adequately by the government. It sounds like what happened here is not only did they they had punitive measures that were going to be enacted at a date for anyone who did not roll over, but they had an ample period where it seems like they were supporting all these new initiatives with either, uh, you know, additional incentives or incentives to to make it easier for people to want to transfer over because they didn't they weren't going to bear a hardship as a result of transferring over. In America, we usually we leave the hardship bearing to the individual. And I think we with ATs, right? Like we outlawed like the Freon. You can't get Freon anymore. But I don't remember receiving any grant to convert from a Freon AC to whatever it is they have now. Yeah. Um, I don't I don't I don't I don't remember if there was a buyback program or anything like that. I mean, I could use my own town as the example. I think I talked about that. I can't remember if I talked about it on podcast. But when we switched over by banning the uh the the oil the uh, the gas powered blowers and forcing all the businesses to replace them with electric but there was no compensation there was no it was just punitive it was just straight out punitive either you can't do business in this town if you don't switch over uh and that's it by this date and a lot of them just said all right so we won't do business in this town and they just <laughs> left <laughs> and then people just can't get their landscaping and the people who did stay were able to raise prices because there's no competition uh, and 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 the thing is, it takes them even longer because it's the the mode of which they have to now clean up these the leaves and whatever is weaker. So it just takes longer. Uh, again, th that's legis that's just punitive legislation without any back and without any uh, any buffer, without any a fluffer, if you will, is what's required when you enact legislation. You need a fluffer. You can't just have people going out there all willy nilly and expecting them to perform. You gotta you gotta ease them into it. We need most people need a fluffer. It sounds like fluffers are in abundance in Scandinavia and are 
and our and our far between uh, in the great these United of States. So uh, yeah, so what do you expect? This is why they like their government, and we sit here hemming and hawing and complaining all day long because government doesn't do anything. It doesn't do it right. All right, well said. I got one more thing. Right. You got one more. Go one more thing. One more part of this. Now that we're all warmed up. Now that we're all educated and aware, and now that you're all fluffed and sensitive, I'm not going to use that word. Now that you're but... now that you're adequately fluffed, you ready for this? Are you ready, listener? All right, let's go. All right. I was recently watching a documentary, and they said something interesting. And I'm going to paraphrase it. I honestly didn't go back and re uh, rewatch it. I just jotted it down after after I saw it. And there are some nations that are very ecologically rich, not economically, ecologically, right? rich and they also have been war-torn during much of this world's industrial age yeah and never go anywhere no I, I mean it could be africa it could be south america There's oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I, okay I, I was trying to jump the gun i was trying to i was trying to, to, to pull the rug go on no no I, i'm not i'm actually not focusing on any particular country i didn't want to get into oh, that okay even though even though the documentary was focusing on one okay um and so while it was war-torn during the industrial age, it never had the opportunity to pave over the land and like erect skyscrapers, create industrial zones, anything like that. Consequently, this has given them vast swaths of land left in pristine condition today. But it has also preserved these spaces long enough to arrive at a time today where we have um, a much better understanding. The world is much better suited um, with its ecological knowledge and awareness, it's green technology, it's clean technology, um, and sustainable practices to make very informed decisions about how to responsibly develop their nation. And it seems like this isn't just the silver lining, but an interesting story for a nation that might thrive in the next era of humanity as the climate shifts and ice sheets return and hinder some of the world's powers we've known in this current era post last ice age. So it sounds beautiful, right, when you're thinking about it in that way. And it's interesting to imagine how power dynamics might shift, meaning countries in the global south would become global superpowers. And But I, I honestly can't help but think that today's wealthy nations will just colonize them in one way or another and to retain their status and on, on the global stage. Yeah. So then I had a thought of people hundreds or thousands of years into the future and will they not care about any single country, but just be grateful that some human civilization on this planet preserved enough land to allow humans to survive whatever this climate change is going to bring us and any colonization would be forgiven. It's like, you don't feel it. You don't, you don't get all worked up about Egypt and Rome and Greece and, you know, the wars of antiquity. So I'm just curious, like what you think about like both of those kind of parts, the parts about whether or not this new era of climate change will bring bring prosperity to, to places that didn't have it before, but now have just kind of found themselves with these pristine lands that will be largely untouched by climate change. In fact, they may become more mild where the rest of the world is suffering it from extreme conditions. And then also, is how would it be looked at in the future? You remember when Johnny Rico was first recruited to um, join the uh, Starship Troopers? I do. 
do you remember when the uh the newscaster interviews him and he, you know he's, he he delivers that fantastic line he goes uh it's like what do you think about I don't know, bug invasion or whatever and uh and he's like well I'm from Buenos Aires and I say kill them all the actor is like a white blonde kid who uh mm-hmm. lives in the new United States which is now encompassing the city of Buenos Aires in this future I, I, I think my that was more you. that's my answer I'm from Buenos you Aires you know what that is though right isn't that like a Nazi reference because that's where a lot of them relocated of well yeah, yeah. That, there's parts of, well, there's, there's <laughs> but parts I hear what of you're it, saying yes. I hear well, what you're well there, there's parts of that yes there, there, well, there's a lot of tongue-in-cheek going on in Starship Troopers uh, which is why it's like the best movie everyone should go out and see it but uh, but that that's my answer to you I'm from I'm with a perfect American accent I, I'm gonna tell you right now <laughs> That's fair. I'm from the people, the Democratic peoples of Congo, and I say, kill them all. Like that's that's how I view it. That's what that's what it is. Because here's that's the other thing. So you think you Let's, think they'll just be colonized in one way or another? We'll I, work out a deal where we get to no, because, we get I, we, we we get we get a travel pass and we can just you know live oh, there yeah, and do yeah, whatever. We'll definitely squeeze for like easy visas, but that's not the that's not the the main issue. The main issue that I'm going to ask you is what? Why would you? If you have these pristine lands, just open up your doors to the rest of the world that has chosen uh, not to do what you've done. Why would you do this? Well, I guess the big question is, do you have a choice? Are well, you self-sustaining you or or by force? Well, you were, you would be self-sustaining if you're telling me that they're the only place left with you know ample land that is pristine and and you know you know you could create agriculture, you could do more things with it because the land is it's a temperate zone. Therefore, it's more fertile. They've got a lot of water. Because greed is a thing. You're okay. You're a politician there. You have these pristine lands, and then you have these rich, fat cats from God knows where. And I mean, it, let's just assume it's not by force, and we're not just taking it. Not not us, but like any nation, Russia, whoever, isn't just taking it for whatever reason. Um, and they're like, yeah, how does I don't know, three hundred billion dollars sound in aid? You need something new? Like, what do you mean? Like, well, they I mean, can be bought off now. is, I mean, is one it's... way. You're asking well, why would they? I don't know. They're being bought off. Well, they're not. Well, they. Why, well, why does it Amazon slashing their forests now? Like, well, why... I mean, but then you've got so you're right. So you've got another complicated issue because the people who would agree to that are not speaking for the people of that country. So yes, you're once again you're opening up your doors to foreign investment foreign investors. Who are giving you billions of dollars because you're a greedy dictator. They're ignoring your dictatorship, supporting your puppet democracy because they need they need your land. They need your they. It's a symbiotic, disgusting, leech filled relationship where the wealthy come in, they buy up all the property, and then you just have this underclass of poor who are doing all the servicing work for these grandiose properties and all these these new farms and whatever. It, it sounds like a hellscape in no way. Everything you've described to me, not one piece of it sounds like some sort of a beautiful utopia. That is something I would want to live in. It all sounds absolutely horrific because it's going to be manipulated in, in one way, shape or form. And there's just not enough to, su- to support the overall population of this world. So there's going to be tons of people who are left out of your Garden of Eden left to die and then the oh, they're gonna would, be left yeah they're gonna be left yeah. and in then all right so welcome, welcome back yeah. to noah's ark yeah that, that was a great time in the bible you you've got you've got a couple of people who are the chosen ones living behind the wall garden and everyone else is just out there uh you know dying from whatever hell half uh the world has uh concocted for itself based on how we've treated it this sounds horrible it sounds absolutely horrible this scenario is just terrible 
I really, I, I'm happy I won't live to see it. That sounds just horrific. Absolutely horrific. That's a good answer. Now, that answers the first part. The second part, humans survive because of this habitable zone, even if it is the rich and the most influential. Yeah. Will future people care? What future people? You mean who who's left outside the walls? No, future people, the people. That, and then the planet breaks from this era and it goes back to what are we in? Like, a, what's the name of this era? It's like the I don't know. I forget the name of it. I mean, it sounds it's, like it, you're it's, describing Elysium, where the people in the city become like the overlords, and then everyone who's outside is picking up trash for the rest of their the the like eons of the planet. Before yeah, I mean, it, it, I, I guess it, I guess it would be sort of that, except if the people from Elysium return to the planet, and then a thousand years pass, would. and that was a distant memory. No, but the reason why people went to these other countries is because of the climate drove them out. Now, let's say that climate goes back to what it was in, I don't know, pre-industrial age, and everything's beautiful around the planet. Everything is You'd is probably fight not to have that happen because you would lose power. You'd actively fight to make sure the planet never goes back. You would fight to make sure that it's always well, a that's... wasteland. Why would you give up your power? Why would you do oh, that? That? Oh, that is interesting. And you have all yeah. the money and resources. You would make. You would seed the earth to make sure it stays in its deformed state. that is super cynical i don't know if that would happen that, that's exactly what would happen they would right? keep it poisoned for that reason the whole absolutely. planet absolutely otherwise yeah. you'd give up your you would have you would lose your power you lose your influence you would lose what makes you special why on earth would you do such a thing well because the the globe is like it it you'll lose out there's there's i mean the, the, the ecosystem anything. there's a global a ecosystem to worry about i mean yeah I, maybe i don't know what as happens as long as you know you can sustain it i don't know if it. you can keep that band forever i i feel like you're gonna <laughs> why is want... why is florida burning trash <laughs> you know it's not like it's not like we have places it's not like we can't look to our current world to say what would happen we know exactly what happened because it's happening right now that... why is florida burning trash despite the fact that it knows it's killing Thousands upon thousands of people probably in in, in, uh, in East Asia as a result of their their. So, the, so what they're going to do is they're going to they're going to have to get rid of history. They're going to have to like lie to people and well, say people like forget. Yeah, people forget, and that's another. Yeah, of course, that's why every dystopia because people are going to be like, books. we don't need, we don't need, like we need want to return back. Like, why are we still doing this? We yeah, I just that's... you would have some yeah, you'd have some dissenters, and then they would uh, they would they would have to clean. What is it? They would have to go clean. Oh, that's such a, did you finish it? No, I've finished I'm Silo. Yet. We're talking about uh, Silo people, which is also the book wool. But uh, it's it's great. It's a great show. Yeah. But, Check but it I out. Just saying, you, you, if you did dissent, you'd probably have to go clean. So uh, good luck with that one. Yeah, that's that's fair. All right, fine, fine. The world's just going to end. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, more or less. Yeah, as long as yeah, if people, if anyone is allowed to create a utopia to silo their power. Uh, again, it's not like Rome looked out for the rest of the world. And when Rome fell, it's not like Constantine took up in the east uh, to to be the stewards of making sure that everyone did well. They just let everyone else. Well, Justinian tried to go back to the west. It didn't work out so yeah, well. It didn't he... work out so well. Yeah, I mean, try to like in order to like form up your own connection and your own power to make yourself more powerful. But I mean, I'm just saying it's not. But it's like... you would imagine that we would. I mean, wouldn't we want a healthy planet? I mean, we sort we want that we now. We're just now. Yeah, I feel like I don't know. And there are some of us who do. Most of us who to do actively don't have keep, that kind of power. The actively keep like two thirds of the planet sick. 
I don't even know if that would work. It sounds, yeah, it's again. Sa- when I say it out loud, it sounds like what we do now. That's exactly. Oh, uh, exactly. But it's not trash. that because it's not that the because we're not trash. at that place yet where we're all living at the equator to keep away from the ice sheets. Like that's not what we have now. If we all feel threatened, it's a different story. But if anyone can escape it in the way that you're describing in a city on a hill that are able to power it on the backs of those who cannot enter it, there will never be a moment where they will say, we will return. They will never return. And they will always try to keep that power. There's no reason to let it go. All right. Fine. Not Fine. unless they see it, not unless they see an opportunity to get even more power by expanding out and uh, building like, you know, sub, you know, these like, uh, what do you call it? subsection cities or you know subsidiaries or something like that i, I could see that happening fine basically building in a middle class <laughs> that's if that's the thing if those outside again we're, we're looking at a versailles louis the uh, uh what is it it's the 15th is that the sun sorry my history is terrible with that whichever king was actually beheaded and his and uh, marie antoinette you have to maintain a middle class you cannot just have your thumb on the next of people right underneath you. You need to have, you need to make those people feel empowered as well. So there needs to always be a buffer class. That if, if history teaches you anything, that's something you need to maintain. So it depends on how that's maintained. But without creating a all or nothing where the people outside end up being more numerous and getting more powerful than the people inside, then yeah, you're gonna you're gonna definitely do everything you can to maintain that power and ensure that the uh that those outside never get it. Absolutely. Fine. All right. There you have it, folks. There you have it, folks. What a great, what a great episode. The, I, I promise you, listener, every single climate change episode will be more depressing than the last. So, if, uh, <laughs> so, so Jay would say, hold on to your butts. You got that right, folks. So every week, new clips, several times a week. Friday, you can count on a new episode being out. Um, like and subscribe to us on YouTube, Twitter, and wherever you listen to podcasts. And with that, folks, retraction. Oh.